Hello and welcome to So What You're Saying Is. I'm Peter Whittle. Now, recently the New Culture Forum co-hosted a conference in London called Invisible Victims. It was about the growing persecution of religious minorities around the world and indeed why we hear so little about it. Now, with me to talk about this issue today is somebody who spoke very eloquently at the conference and that's Damien Thompson, who is Editor-in-Chief of the Catholic Herald. Uh, Damien, this is going out around Easter time, it's kind of very appropriate really, but um, I think a lot of people won't even be aware of the problem of persecution of religious minorities. Who, first of all, who are we talking about? We're, we're talking about people all over the world. I think the first thing to say is that a tremendous number of Christians aren't aware of the scale and the intensity and the unrelenting harassment of the persecution of Christians. They hear the phrase, the persecution of Christians, yeah. they're vaguely aware it's going on, but until, for example, they have seen the shocking photographs that Baroness Cox showed us at your, your brilliant conference, it doesn't really hit home. Yeah. Perhaps it didn't hit home to me until I attended that conference. She showed us a picture, a, a, a lorry load of the remains of slaughtered Christian women. It's not until you learn something like the fact that the um, Fulani herdsmen, herdsmen they're called, they're actually herdsmen who've become vicious Islamists in, in Nigeria, have the habit of killing pregnant Christian women, disemboweling them and then mutilating the fetus and that this is standard practice. It's not until you learn these things that you realize the horrific intensity of the problem. As for the scale of the problem, you'll forgive me, I'm going to have to read from a list. Um, oh, Open please. Doors, the yeah. charity, yeah. Um, produces a list in which it, 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 there's countries in which there's um, extreme persecution of Christians, um, very high and high. So extreme number one is North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Sudan, Eritrea, Yemen, Iran, India, and Syria. These are of very different sorts of countries. They're very different sorts of countries. Um, most of them are are Islamic countries. Yeah. They're also, with the exception of North Korea and well, one or two exceptions, um, perhaps India, you couldn't just, they, they, are, they are genuinely war-torn. Yeah. Then if you move down to the list of places where Christian persecution is very high, you find Nigeria, Iraq, the Maldives, favorite holiday destination of people who I'm sure are completely unaware that Christians are persecuted there. Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Uzbekistan, Myanmar, i.e. Burma, Laos, Vietnam, Central African Republic, Algeria, Turkmenistan, Mali, Mauritania, Turkey, China, Ethiopia, Tajikistan, Indonesia, Jordan, Nepal, Bhutan, Kazakhstan, Morocco, Brunei, Tunisia, Qatar, Mexico, Mexico. Mexico and Kenya. Now that's um, the very high category and I won't bother going through the high persecution category. 
But what is, I mean, uh, first of all, have we got any idea of the numbers we're talking about? You know, people no, we don't. Right. No, okay. we know that the, we know that they're very large. Um, it's difficult because what is persecution of Christians? Yes, exactly. Clearly, the unimaginable slaughter of um, mostly Christians yeah, yeah. Uh, in Nigeria by these so-called herdsmen yes. is um, we are talking hundreds there. I think there are hundreds, any, aren't there? Over a period of a year, the past year, for example. Oh, we're talking thousands. Yeah, thousands. Um, and over a period of a couple of years. Yeah. Um, they are worse than Boko Haram. Right. Do you remember when we used to hear that um, there were people who were worse than Al-Qaeda, yeah, and we yeah. didn't really believe it, and then ISIS emerged? Yeah. Well, these people are worse than Boko Haram, yeah, yeah. worse than ISIS. With the so, I, I, as I understand it, it's basically four out of five people who are persecuted for religion in the world are Christians. We're talking most. This is mostly a Christian thing, is it? But yes, not, it is mostly not a Christian entirely. Thing. It's not though. exclusively um, religious minorities, including representatives of major faiths such as Islam, are persecuted in in certain countries. There's yeah. no getting away from it. Muslims are persecuted in in. Um, in Burma, for example, it's well known. Yeah. Um, and the Yazidis are, are, um, are rather unusual, small religious sect. We've heard of them because they're being ruthlessly persecuted, perhaps with even more vigor than the Christians. Yeah. But by and large, we're talking about something that is happening to Christians and on a scale that defies belief. So we have to ask ourselves the question, why why don't we know about this? And why hasn't it made the visceral impact that I know it made on both of us when we attended that conference? Mm -hmm. well, you mentioned North Korea. North Korea is at the, the, the top of the list, right, for persecution. But obviously, it's not an Islamic country. Well, what is the what is the motivation behind the persecution there? Well, all religion, all religion. is banned mm -hmm. in North Korea, and any religious activity of any sort. Christian, particularly perhaps, will result in you know immediate detention, immediate disappearances. Mm. There's zero religious freedom. So it's it's not just a question, is it? Of uh, there's appalling descriptions you gave at the beginning of the program. Also, persecution can be, uh, as it were, I don't know, uh, social persecution even, can't it? We're talking we're talking wide range of persecution. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you'll find that in India, um, Christians are persecuted, you know, as if they were low down on the caste system. Yeah, yeah. Um, some Christians are persecuted, certainly. In Pakistan, the situation is dreadful, and it's particularly dreadful as we shovel enormous amounts of money yeah. to the government of Pakistan every day without really uh, knowing how it's being spent or certainly without holding them to account. And this is a country in which the persecution of Christians is really enshrined in law. Mm. I, I, I understand that China is, is going up the league of persecutors, isn't it? China's going up the league of persecutors. Ask anybody who's seen their church demolished by the Chinese state. Catholics and Protestants. Yes. Catholics have seen their churches demolished 
since the Vatican signed an accord with Beijing, which was supposed to ease relations, if you like, solve the problem of China's relationship with the Catholics. Well, it, it certainly hasn't. And it points to the naivety and the ineffectiveness of Vatican diplomatic service. Its inability, if you like, to protect Christians. Mm. Uh, but apparently, in <coughs> with with China, uh, the Christian population is is flowering. It's it's growing, isn't it? I mean, it's it's whether Protestant or Catholic. Absolutely, and the the, the, the congregations that are growing fastest are a Pentecostal Christian right. um, really? populations. How come? And why is that? Well, that's because. Pentecostal Christianity has always had a foothold in Southeast Asia. Didn't get anywhere in um, Japan, never has, because Japan seems totally resistant to Christianity. Um, didn't get anywhere in China for obvious reasons, but it did get somewhere in Hong Kong. It certainly got somewhere um, it, yeah, on a very big scale in South Korea, because I've been there to what at the time may still be the world's largest church. Mm. Um, so there's vigorous Pentecostal Christian activity throughout Southeast Asia. Right. And that is spreading to the Chinese mainland yeah, yeah. From, from the south, yeah. as it were. And the present regime in Beijing, which is exceptionally unfriendly to religion, probably the, the most unfriendly since the days of Chairman Mao, um, perceives that as a threat. Anything which any authority which does not emanate directly mm -hmm. from the president himself is perceived as a threat. And therefore, these Pentecostal Christians are harassed. In, in, in parts of China, crosses have been removed from every, every single church. Catholics, unless they've signed up to the official church, are automatically persecuted. But even those Catholics who sign up to the official church with the approval of the Pope, who disgracefully, in my opinion, has made several fairly obvious Chinese spies bishops, or he's recognized them as bishops. Well, mm. it's I was going to ask situation. you what the, what the reaction, what, 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 how, what has this pope been like on this subject? I mean, you've Well, if you were to ask Cardinal Zen, who used to be um, the head of the church in, in Hong Kong, he's utterly horrified. He regards it as a betrayal. Of course, any dealing with China is going to be complicated. An, an immensely complicated situation arose there where there was an official Catholic church and an unofficial Catholic church, but the distinctions between the two began to be blurred and it wasn't clear whether a bishop belonged to one or the other. So it was a difficult situation for Cardinal Paralin, the, the, the Secretary of State, who's sort of Prime Minister and Foreign Secretary rolled into one, and, and the Pope to sort out. Nonetheless, the way they've sorted it out looks very much, certainly to Cardinal Zen, like simple capitulation. When it, when it comes to our own government, right, we, there, are, there are two, as I understand it, there are two sort of, if you like, uh, people who've been appointed. I mean, uh, Jeremy Hunt has appointed a kind of in, inquiry, didn't he, into, into uh, persecution abroad. Um, I, I think that's being led by the Bishop of Truro, if I remember right. But there's also, the government also appointed somebody else to look at this. How much faith do you have in you know, what they might come up with. How none, much, none. I none. can answer that before you finish asking but the what, question. Why, why do you have none? Why? Because I think we were both very struck by the exceptionally powerful speech given by Lord 
Alton, yeah. David Alton, yeah. um, who's been campaigning for persecuted Christians, he and Lady Cox, when almost nobody else has, in, in, in Parliament for, for, for 40 years. Um, and um, what we learned from him is that the Department for International Development isn't really playing ball. Right. And that they're not keeping track of this. They're the people responsible for giving large monies of large amounts of money to the persecutors of Christians. And they're just not interested. And that doesn't surprise me at all because DFID is part of what Michael Gove calls the blob. It's part mm. of a sorry for the cliches, but liberal bien pensant elite. Mm. Um, there's there are a few causes less fashionable than the defense of persecuted Christians because Christians to to the sort of smug li liberals are part of the problem. Yeah, Christianity yeah. is part of the problem. Christianity is an intolerant religion. They turn a blind eye to the intolerance of Islam. Far greater intolerance of Islam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, therefore persecuted Christians are really low down. Well, they're, I don't think they're even on DFID's list. Yes. And without cooperation between DFID and this inquiry, the things aren't going to get very far. You know, uh, these things, these appointments were made, if I remember, after a, a quite a well-known case of Isaiah Bibi, you know, yeah. um, the Pakistani Christian woman who was denied, wasn't she, sanctuary in Britain? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I want to, to go back. You said there about the Christians being part of the problem. So we must talk about why this is not known about, why this is not covered. Uh, it seems to me that it, could it be that you know Christianity to the liberal mindset is is if you like the seen as the religion of the oppressor? It, it, yes, it's not only could it be, it is very much the case that it is. And you mentioned Azebibi not not being granted refuge. Well, in fact, virtually no Christian refugees have, have been granted refuge, and. I think I something like 0.2% of Syrian refugees are Christian. It's, it's a very, very small amount as well. Those, those refugees who've made it? Yes. Yes. I mean, the, you know, the, 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 the Christian population of that part of the world has dropped by something like 40% in, yeah. in, in the last decade, which is shocking and also a tragedy because it's a, it, it's, it means there's a, there's a sort of you know, enormous cultural impoverishment mm -hmm. Not just that, but the, the, the demolition, actual literal demolition of thousands of years mm. of heritage. But to go, go back to your question, um, you know, the government's not interested in, in, in letting in Christians. When, 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 when the Pope welcomed refugees, none of them were Christians. The Pope himself seems to cast himself as a def you know, defender of humanitarian causes rather than a defender of Christians. He mentions the subject from time to time, but he's made no great impact on it. Mm. But the mindset to which you're referring, mm. with which both of us are very, very familiar and have mm. been for many years, yeah, yeah. Um, the mindset is set in stone. That is the general liberal mindset. So obviously, you know, this goes for the media, I guess, the, the media oh, most certainly. Most you, certainly. You are at the heart of this, Damon, have been. You know, you're one of the best known religious writers. I'd say in the country now. What is your experience of, you know, how this is regarded by broadsheet newspapers, 
tabloid newspapers, the broadcast media? Well, my experience is very disillusioning. When I was years ago religion correspondent for the Daily Telegraph, I was one of four or five full-time journalists covering this field. Now, I'm not sure how many full-time journalists cover this field, maybe one or two, yeah. but by and large, you know, religion gets just, just added to somebody's portfolio. Oh, you do social affairs, you do religion as well? Yeah, okay, I'll do religion. Yeah, That's yeah, how it yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen it because I, I've worked in Fleet Street in recent years and I've, I've seen how questions involving Christians or opinion pieces involving Christians, they just go to the bottom of the list. Editors aren't interested, and I could name a number of editors who are not interested at or actively resistant to any uh, comment pieces or news stories addressing this topic. So there's been a general lack of interest or a diminishing of interest in religion, not just what's happening to Christians or members of other faiths, but interest in what religion actually is and what it means throughout the media yeah, yeah, yeah. and indeed throughout government and yeah. this at a time when religion as a social force, as a shaper of foreign policy, as, a, as, as if you like a driver of world affairs, has never been so potent, yeah. at least yeah. in, in modern times. It would have seemed inconceivable in the 1970s that religion would be such an enormous factor in disputes in you know, virtually every country in the world. So I suppose really what it is is that, you know, the people, if you like, our establishment here, uh, they think we're living in a post-religious country, post-religious age. This is basically, no one cares about religion. They are entirely at odds with actually one of the biggest issues globally, aren't they? Not only globally, but in Britain. So, for example, when we're the same age, when you and I were growing up, um, people talked about the Asian community or the Pakistani community, and now it's the Muslim community. Mm -hmm. And parts of our cities that were, you know, majority Pakistani, and didn't, no problem with that, but now one thinks of them. In some cities, they have effectively become Muslim ghettos. Sorry to use the word, but effectively the religious authorities wield civil power there and we're fine with that because there's an, there's an alliance between the secular left and you know, sort of rapidly reactionary religious authorities which yeah. is a strange thing but yeah. my enemy's enemy is my friend and Christianity is the oppressor so. So actually would you say that, that, that there's not just a lack of interest you talked about with editors or what have you, there's actually hostility to Christianity, would you say? Is that pushing it too hard? I, I think it's pushing it a little bit too hard, and I think the indifference is more deadly than the hostility. Right, okay. Just as I think that, in some respects, persecution of Christians is, it's an awful thing to say, but is almost better for the survival of Christianity than the sort of yawning um, boredom that it induces in the West, but of course, but having having said that, the acts being committed against Christians in these countries, and I'm especially thinking of Nigeria, having 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 seen that evidence, mm. are an abominable outrage. In some respects, unprecedented. It should be on the front pages virtually every day, mm. and it never is. I think uh, 
that when there has been polling done, admittedly, there was polling done, um, it was quoted by Open Doors, which is the That's right. uh, association yeah. that you talked about at yeah. the beginning of the programme. Yeah. It said that amongst Christians there is a growing worry, growing concern about the severity of this problem. But that's amongst Christians, particularly it was amongst Catholics in th this poll. I would say that your average person walking along on the street outside this building probably isn't even aware. Well, I think there are polls also showing that, uh, you know, among American Catholics, it's dropped down the list of yes. priorities of subjects. And I'm not surprised because their bishops, let our bishops say nothing of any interest on any subject. So I mean, that, that's an Anglican and Catholic, nothing memorable. But in America, many of their bishops, not all by any means, are, are um, paralyzed with anxiety that, that they might be slipping behind the times or that they might have failed to jump on the right bandwagon, climate change, LGBT, you name it. Um, and um, therefore, you don't hear much about the persecution of Christians from them. And you don't read enough about it in the religious media, which is why, since I um, became, uh, took over again, as it happens, the, 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 the role of editor-in-chief of the Catholic Herald last year, um, where the, the, we have launched as a magazine, well, a few years ago, we turned ourselves into a wonderful yeah. magazine, and now, last November we launched in the United States really? where okay. we're making waves yeah. and from now on the persecution of Christians will be a fundamental concern of the Catholic Herald which is why I've asked Father Benedict Keeley of Nazarene.org who is a heroic defender and very influential defender of persecuted Christians to become a consulting editor and in fact to in, a, in effect to oversee and guide our coverage of it so that we don't forget yeah, yeah. and our readers don't forget and the Catholic Church doesn't forget because the Catholic Church is in danger of forgetting too. Are there any countries that you can think of who've got a good record on trying to help persecution, persecuted Christians? I mean it was Hungary was mentioned a well, lot. Well Hungary, is, Hungary, is, Hungary is, the, is certainly the country that comes to mind yeah. which actually has a um, a, a government, a government minister, a department yes. for looking at this. Now, that, the Hungarian government is 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 controversial, um, but in this area, they've been magnificent, and we just have to accept. You know, we just have to accept they've been brilliant in this area. Yeah. But what do you think? I mean, I know that you, uh, Catholic Herald, you say this is going to be one of your missions, particularly is. in Amer yes. America now you're going to... Well, here as well. Here. here as well. And you you did carry a great front cover story by John O'Sullivan. By John O'Sullivan, former editor of National Review, who's, who's um, one of our contributing editors. Yeah. Um, John wrote, wrote very, very powerfully, but in a, in a spirit of despair. Yes, yes. Saying, that, you know, the problem has never been worse, and they have nobody, these people, he was talking about religious, other religious minorities as well, they have nobody to speak for them because they're not trendy. And if you're not trendy, nobody's going to listen to you. Yeah. Trans is trendy. Yeah, yeah. Now, I oppose discrimination against trans people. Of course I do. But it is a trendy cause. There's no doubt about it. Other causes are trendy, and people are attracted to them. They're not attracted to this. Now, can we make this cause fashionable? Well, how I would don't you know. do that? Yes, we can make a bloody nuisance of ourselves by yeah. reminding people of what's going on. That's what we can do. Yeah. 
But you've got to somehow as well get the media or try to bring the media around. Yes, you? we have. Yes, we have. And that's why New Cultural Forum's yeah. conference was so important because you had heavy hitters at that conference. I had people, you know, from all over the world contacting me afterwards and saying, wow, you know, when I went to that conference, I didn't expect to see such influential people, and I hope that they will carry the message. So thank you, Peter. Well, it was a for, you know, thing. I mean, you, know, you and the Danube Institute yeah, yeah, together yeah. have done something really important. I feel that mm. after that conference, something changed. Well, I hope it's not just something that will go away. I, 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 I do hope that governments, governments have got to take more notice. They have it's got not to going to go away. The two of us will not let it go away. And uh, you know, this is this is not an issue for Christians. It is an issue for human, human. beings. Exactly. exactly. On that note, Damien, a uh, wonderful way to end it. Thank you very much for coming in. Great thank you very much. Always and uh, thank you very much for watching. So what you're saying is, please don't forget to subscribe. Um, it costs nothing. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the next show. Thank you very much. <laughs>